but they they also practice like what they're gonna say when they meet the prince flutter your eyes don't be smart and above all else hide your flaws till after the wedding (laughs) five six seven eight there's no business like show that this sort of has renewed the, the podcast. I don't know. That's dumb. But like, we just had two episodes in which one we hated, we hated and, and it was the second one a wasn't a musical. And then the all. next one wasn't a musical. And now we're, we're back, back and there was dancing in the streets. There was dancing in the streets. And there was singing your heart. Oh. <laughs> there was Whitney Houston. I mean, oh. This cast. Okay. Hello. Hello. Dear listeners, intrepid heroes, welcome back. We are so, so, so excited to kick off this episode. As Grace said, the last two have not been our favorites, but we feel rejuvenated. We feel alive. I had never seen this film. I had not seen it since I was a kid. The 1997 Disney's Rodgers and Hammerstein (laughs) Cinderella. The Brandy Cinderella. It's, I really, really, Ugh. as soon as I saw this was going to be like an hour 35 minutes, I was just Ugh, like, oh, also that. I am going to thoroughly enjoy less. this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is not going to be a two and a half hour chitty chitty bang bang experience. <laughs> no, 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 no. We both love like a tight 90 minutes. Absolutely. No intermission, but you know what this did have? Because this was filmed for television, <laughs> this had commercial breaks. breaks. <laughs> and I was just like, all right, that's the, the end of act one. fade to black. Yeah. <laughs> I love every minute of this, and I can't wait. So we should just get started. Let's dive right we in. Start strong with Whitney Houston. Okay, we start. Whitney Houston starts us off strong with a prologue. Yep. And the song yep. that is the main theme of this film, "Impossible." And I literally mm-hmm. wrote, "Little town, it's a quad." Wait, no. <laughs> no, wrong one. <laughs> wrong one. Wrong Jesse film. Definitely the vibe, yes. though. <laughs> yes. And so she starts, and then she whooshes into glitter, which is a theme of her life in this movie. Mm-hmm. And then we get sort of our overture over shots of a bustling town square. There's a guy who drops his cart of cabbages and I yell, my cabbages! cabbages! But that's a different one. (laughs) The town itself is very, very colorful and quaint and very Disney-fied. Do you know who this costume designer is? No, I don't. This costume designer also is the costume designer for Bridgerton. (gasps) Good for them! I know, but you kind of feel it, right? Like the colors and the wildness and yeah. Oh god, I can't wait to talk about the architecture of this film and the interior design. (gasps) Oh my god, their house. Their house. Okay, but first things first, there is a very long tracking shot that establishes us in the town. That's everyone from the knees down. Get it? Shoe motif. Mm-hmm. Wink, wink, nudge, Ooh. nudge. As we all know, there's the character of Cinderella, <laughs> but there are also the characters of the evil stepmother and the two stepsisters. And you know who plays the evil stepmother and I didn't know it? Was Bernadette My queen. Peters. Oh, I did not know. I only knew like Whitney Houston and Brandy. Oh my God. This entire cast is wild. So um, we see all these people's feet and we end on a pair of blue heels and a very tight dress. So she's just Mm. like quick marching all the way down and we pan up and it is Bernadette Bernadette Peters Peters tottering down the street. And uh, she yells back for her girls and they yell back for someone else to hurry up. And we see Brandy as Cinderella. Cinderella for the first time. The stepsisters are very bright in colorful costumes and dresses and Cinderella is in rags and in like beige Mm -hmm. ill-fitting and is carrying all of their packages because they're out on the town shopping. And we see a children's puppet show and Brandy watches it and Cinderella. There's this whole bit uh, sorry there's a lot of that I will fix myself I promise. (laughs) Cinderella watches it and we we ended a hat store. There's like this hat moment. One of the stepsisters grabbed this gaudy, Oh yeah, they fight horrible, over a ridiculous hat. They fight over this hat and oh Cinderella is just like, I don't think it works for either of you. <laughs> <laughs> the sisters go into the store after their mother and Cinderella's stuck waiting outside with the packages. She watches the puppet show and she starts to sing our first song, which is called The Sweetest Sounds. Mm-hmm. Yes. And she sees all around her couples in love walking around. And the mm-hmm. gist of the song is that she knows that her love is waiting for her somewhere, someday. It'll, she'll find it. 
Just then, stepmom, I just call her stepmom or Bernadette the whole time. She comes out and gives Cinderella a bunch more packages and they call her lazy and they all walk off and they have wild hats on. The costumes are stunning. They head to the town square. It's a very wide shot. And as Cinderella, the two stepsisters and the stepmother kind of disappear into the background, we see in the foreground a mystery, handsome, hunky man. Oh, he's, he's so attractive. He's so attractive. And he sings so well. And he sings um, so well. Oh. And he's singing the same song she was singing about he looking for is. love. Oh, this man is hunky. Oh, he is a hunky himbo. Like, I knew. Like, this is the prince. Like, I know mm-hmm. that. We but know. But I've never seen him not in his white wedding oh, yeah. outfit. So I was just like, That, like, loose. salmon-colored rolled up to the elbows with the, the kind of a V. I'm like, sir. <laughs> so anyway, so he starts singing his refrain of the sweetest sounds. And just then, uh, Cinderella and the rest of the family sort of walk by. And it's sort of a duet, but it's yeah. almost a call and response. It's like they both have the same dream, but they're, they're, they're missing each ships other. passing in the night. Yeah. They're missing each other. I will say there's one thing, and it only happens in this song that I noticed, but Brandy has a habit, at least in this song, of taking catch breaths it's her vocal in the middle style. of the phrase. And it is her vocal style, but it's one of my biggest pet <laughs> oh, no. peeves of singing. And I was like listening to it and I'm just like, I know that you can sing all the way through this line. And I know it's it's just a vocal affectation. I hate it. Yeah, there's a lot of vocal affectations. (laughs) It only happens in this song. I listened for it. Yeah. She doesn't really take catch breaths in the middle of phrases ever again, but it happens all the time in this song. And I was just like, this was a star vehicle for her. She was established. Very much so. She was just singing how she sings in a world of more classical musical theater singing. Yeah. And Whitney Houston. And Whitney Houston. (laughs) My gripe Um, about this is that this is our opening number and it's a duet. Mm -hmm. And I wish it had Mm -hmm. big opening number energy and then having this duet as a second song because this is really our first introduction. And I just... Yeah. I'm a sucker what you for want a big is opening bonjour. Yeah. Like, what you I... want the opening town number. Yeah. I want an establishing opening number. I want yeah. Welcome to the Renaissance from Something Rotten. The opening from Pippin. Like, yeah. You want the big opening number with all of the voices sort of like yeah. bringing you into this world as yeah. opposed to a love duet, which is what this is. Yeah. It's their I want song. Yeah. And we start yeah. off the film with that. Granted, maybe that's why it's an hour 30. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can't you can't have everything can't have in everything. a tight 90. <laughs> so, anyway, so the song ends and it cuts off whenever Cinderella is almost hit by a carriage. She's so almost she run over by a carriage. Drops all the packages. Some of them almost get trampled and so our lovely mystery man, aka the prince, comes to help her. He makes fun of the royals that were probably in this carriage and then they make eye contact. Oh. That is a capital E, capital C, eye contact. Oh. And they fall in love immediately. Instant heart eyes. Our mystery man's like, oh, those freaking royals never looking out for anyone but themselves. <laughs> and Cinderella kind of comes to their defense. She goes, you know, they must have been going somewhere important. But they look yeah. at each other, instant heart eyes. But then she is called back to where her stepmother is. And uh-huh. he goes after her and he asks her her name. And she tells him, mm-hmm. but she does not ask him his name. His name. Nope. We only ever hear his name, I want to say, twice in this entire movie. No, it's in the ball. It's, it's in the ball scene later. Uh, 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 but but it, so he... He says he wants to get to know her better. He wants to get in her good graces. And there's a line who's, how do you want to be treated? Do you want to be treated like a princess? And she says, no, I want to be treated like a person with kindness yeah, and great. respect. There's also a moment where he also almost knocks over a flower cart. And it yeah. was very adorable. And he... <laughs> He says, like, yo, you're not like other girls. And she, that fully offends her. She's like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> what do you mean? And she does say, I'm sorry, I've just lived a very sheltered life. And he says he has too. And then at the same time, they both say they just want to run away. And then there's more eye contact. They both admit, like, yeah, we're both pretty sheltered. And we're sick of our daily routines. We just want to escape. Yeah. Just then, stepmother Bernadette interrupts <gasps> the capital M moment. And she Ugh. hauls Cinderella away. And we get a reprise of the sweet. Sounds, which was the duet yeah. and as cinderella is hauled away she does not see over her shoulder our mystery man getting into the same carriage that almost ran her over <gasps> who could, who it could be? he be <laughs> 
cut to the, the palace. And then we get introduced to my favorite oh, character. Oh, my God. Lionel. Lionel is both a goon and a waiter at the same time. He is just doing his job, but everyone keeps fucking with him. And so he turns into a goon yeah. because of it. Yeah. It's amazing. He is, he is not inherently a goon. Other people. Goonishness act, other is forced upon him. Yes. Goonishness is forced upon him. Other people's actions force goonishness upon him. Yes. Oh my god! Otherwise, he, his soul is a waiter. His exterior is a goon. <laughs> this is played by Jason Alexander. Uh, Lionel is a waiter, son, and goon rising. <laughs> <laughs> and a gangster moon. And a gangster Let's just throw it all in there. <laughs> <laughs> I need that as, uh, on a t-shirt. No, put that on a mug Waiter, for you. sun, gangster moon, goon rising. Goon rising. <laughs> oh, good. I'm going to put that on a mug for good, you. Good, good, good. Oh, boy. Good. Surprise. Right. It's going to show up at your house. I can't wait. All right. Okay. Cut inside the palace. <laughs> we see our prince, okay. aka our handsome, hunky town square boy, being scolded yes. by his valet, Lionel, played by Jason Alexander. Uh-huh. He's being scolded for going off on his own again. And mm-hmm. the prince is just kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. And he's, I gotta tell you about this girl that I met. It was so great. Mm-hmm. She treated me like a person and not a prince. And he's like, okay, you have everything. Tell me, please, why you're unhappy. And he's like, I have no freedom. <laughs> So God, that's Lionel um, to the prince, by the way. Yes, um, yes. So the prince doesn't see the big deal, but Lionel is like, I don't want to keep lying to your mother. It is actually illegal. But yeah. <laughs> speaking of his mother, the prince goes into the throne room to see his mother and father. He's been summoned and the queen is Whoopi Goldberg and the king is yes. Victor Garber, aka Professor Callahan. Yes, from Legally Blonde. From Legally Blonde. And this is when we learn the prince's name. Yes, it's a very long name. I have it's it written down in my it's fun Christopher. Text. Do you want me to do it now? No, I do not. His whole name. His first name <laughs> is Christopher. I referred to him as prince throughout this entire thing. So Queen Whoopi tells him that she's going to be throwing a little dinner party. And don't worry, it's going to be a small affair. I'm only inviting every eligible single woman. So there's like no <laughs> more than 500 people. <laughs> Yeah. And like our prince doesn't want this and He's like, I don't want another ball. I don't want another ball. And so our queen doesn't understand and very dramatically has a fit. She has this like really funny habit of doing these little like <laughs> I learned that that's something she stole from her parents. That's something her parents would do that's when they so were like, funny. I don't have more to add to this argument, but I will get the last word. <laughs> I will get the last yeah, sound yeah, 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 if I yeah. can't get the last word. And the king and the queen, they want their son to be happy, but they also like want him to get married ASAP. Yeah. Our prince says he just wants to choose his own bride and he wants to be in love mm-hmm. before he gets married like his parents were. Remember? You, yeah. You did that. And the queen's like, yeah, 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 yeah. You can fall in love at a ball. (laughs) In one night. Yep. So the prince walks out Mm -hmm. and the queen calls over Lionel and tells him to write out the following proclamation that the prince is throwing the ball. (laughs) And Lionel's like, that's not what happened here. It's like, he didn't say that. And the queen's like, he'll thank us for it later. It's fine. Lionel goes to spread the news. By song. By song, we get this. This honestly, this could have been the opening number. This had dancing in the streets. The song is called The Prince is Having a Ball. It's exactly Mm -hmm. what it sounds like. Yep. Lionel goes via carriage to the town square. He has a long scroll Mm -hmm. and he tells everyone that's there that, Ayo, the prince is giving a ball. Um, It's kind of like a call and response song where we see information being passed. Like our stepmother Bernadette is there. She learns this information. She goes to tell her daughters. And then we get in the street bread dancing oh it's so great there's like a bunch of um, bakers so there's like a whole sequence where lionel's ordering all of this food mm-hmm. for the party and all of these flowers there's a big old cake that almost falls that is very definitely hollow and fake a hundred percent that lionel saves and then he gets caught in the midst of all of this dancing and almost gets knocked over but fear not the cake is saved and uh there's just so much dancing in the street jason is alexander delightful. is dancing with everyone he's dancing he's- with, no at first he was just sort of walking yeah, through them yeah. and then he does this whole sequence where there's this little shuffle there's step like, on top of these apple boxes and he does it with them and I'm great. just like, yes sir I mean yeah, he has a Tony fabulous. Award like he's, he's I mean a we all know he is a really good performer <laughs> I had the biggest smile on my face while watching this sequence 
Absolutely. So it ends with all of the vendors bringing their wares up to the palace to prepare for the ball. And at the very end, we see Cinderella in the square, very excited. Yeah, and she has learned about the ball. She still does not know who the prince is. Cut to Cinderella's house. She, they get out of their carriage. This architecture. This architecture. First of all, they pull up in their carriage. She is carrying all the bags from the day of shopping. And she still has to open the door for her stepmother and stepsisters. And as soon as they get inside, stepmother's nitpicking Cinderella for like, why haven't you done the housework? The house is filthy. She's like, I've been with you all day. I've been day. with you all day. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, that's just an excuse. That's just an excuse. <laughs> all right. While we're here, yes. let's take a quick moment to just address the architecture and interior design specifically of this house. Also the exterior, which has a full peacock on it. Like a large peacock on the exterior of this house. The doorways are polygons. Yes. The sofas Mm -hmm. look like an Etch-A-Sketch created them. I'm here for it. The colors are rich. They're vibrant. It is wacky. It is is wacky. Wacky. It is 90s maximalism to a T. Oh, yeah, absolutely. There's so much to look at. I do love this staircase that has a little bit of a balcony right at the top. Yeah. So it's not just like a staircase into the upstairs. There's like a small landing. It's like a presentation landing, which I'm just like, this is what I want. I want to be in a dress and like to present and then walk down these stairs. I will say the living space is very vibrant. The kitchen where Cinderella spends a lot of time. And her bed is there. Yeah, and her bed is there. It's very drab, beige walls. It yeah. is a place of utility it looks versus like a place a of normal kitchen. Yeah. So we get a little bit of backstory from the stepmother. Mm. Father died. He told us to stick together. You're so lucky that I've kept you here, etc., etc. Blah blah blah. And then she puts books on her daughter's head because now they have to like practice their posture because they're about mm. to meet the prince. And so they're like, oh, we'll have tea upstairs. We have to get our beauty rest if we want to catch the prince's eye tomorrow. And Cinderella asks, he's like, well, can I go to the ball? They said any eligible young ladies. And the stepmother says, eligible. absolutely not. Do not even dream about that. The sisters no. boss her around. And then they go upstairs Mm-hmm. And leave her to make tea for them downstairs. And then we get right. the song In My Own Little Corner. I love this song. This was one of the first songs that I like ever sang to Same. sing. Yeah. Yeah. This um, was like a like from a from a sheet yeah. of music, not just like yeah. from me listening to something and singing along. Like I sang this in my first voice recital ever. Yeah. It's oh, it's that fun. song. Like that is a common song. Yeah. I loved this number because it's just cinderella kind of waltzing around the kitchen imagining imagining all the possibilities all the different types of lives that she could yeah it's really lovely it's a moment of joy and play for her Mm -hmm. like clearly as much as the kitchen is a place of work it is also a place of escape for her yeah because the the, they'd never go in there so it is her domain very much but you see the bed in the corner and the chair and so it's obvious that this is the only place where she has to herself Mm-hmm. Cut to the castle again. Yes. Prince Christopher has found out about the ball and he wants he, he goes the queen. He goes, I cancel this. Like, I do not want this to happen. Like, you explicitly went against what I said I wanted. You should be ashamed of yourself. Yeah. And the only reason he ultimately agrees to go forward with the ball is because Lionel, Lionel, genius Lionel, comes up Ugh, with the idea. He's hero. like, hey, 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 I got a plan. You, queen, and you, prince can agree that we'll have the ball and Mm -hmm. if he does not find the girl of his dreams at this ball he can fall Mm -hmm. in love on his own terms from here on out and the king is like this is a great compromise the queen's a little bit reluctant and she pushes lionel off the ladder which was (laughs) ridiculous Goon energy. Goonishness the amount is thrust upon of him. physical comedy in this film. Honestly, the physical comedy is my moment of joy throughout yes. this film. Wait till so we get to Stepsister's Lament. Oh my god. Oh my so god. fabulous. All right, so we cut back to Cinderella's home. The stepmom is getting her daughters ready for the ball. Like she is tightening a corset, yelling, Beauty knows no pain, girls! <laughs> If I had the opportunities you had, I would have married a prince myself. Whole deal. 
and we get a little more of the personalities of the stepsisters. They both mm-hmm. mean very, very well. The way they execute it is not well Horrible. at all. One of them gets really, really itchy when she so gets nervous. Itchy. And she's super nervous about the ball. And like, meeting a prince is a big deal, but she gets super, super itchy. And she's like, and I've memorized a poem. <laughs> yeah, she's going to read him poetry. And the other <laughs> sister has a really obnoxious laugh that she can't mm-hmm. stop laughing when she's nervous. And so she it's... snorts. And like, yeah. as a girl who snorts when she laughs, I'm like, girl, I know the struggle. <laughs> but they they also practice like what they're going to say when they meet the prince. Flutter and- your eyes, don't be smart, and above all else, hide your flaws till after the wedding. <laughs> <laughs> Repeat after me. Um, and Cinderella pipes up from the corner being like, shouldn't your love love you despite your flaws? Or like and- because of them. Yeah, like it's, it's a part the whole of package. You. Yeah. And they're all like, absolutely not. Who let this person in? <laughs> well, the stepsisters at first are like, oh, I kind of really like that. And then Bernadette's yeah. like, what? No. <laughs> what? No. <laughs> this isn't about love. It's about marriage. Yes. Cinderella talks about how if she saw the man that she loves, she'd just know instantly. Mm-hmm. You know, what is, oh, fuck. What is that? Oh, it's the song from Guys and Dolls. It's like, I'd see him and I'd know. Yeah, I know when my love comes around. I know. It's thank you. Thank thing. you. You you saw yeah. immediately the thought I, I know was where trying you went. to process. <laughs> but as you said, stepmother Bernadette says, love has nothing to do with marriage. And we get the song Falling in Love with Love, which is yes. not from the stage production. No, I have a no, couple of not. notes about the changes to the songs. Cool. Um, cool, cool, cool. Can't did. wait yeah. to hear more about those. Um, yes. But I mean, it's a fun little group number. Yeah. that leads us through it she talks about how like once she fell in love like for love's sake and it ended mm-hmm. badly and so yep. her point of view from here on out is like economical yeah marry for financial stability and love will exactly. come later exactly so it ends with all of them getting ready and into outfits and getting into the carriage and the dresses the, the dresses bernadette's dress i actually do not hate given the gaudiness Oh my god. Um, oh no. God. It's the jewels on the front. No, it's disgusting. But out of the three, it is the best. Oh, of the three, it's the best of the worst. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. So it ends on a high note. It's great. Yes. They leave Cinderella behind. They drive off to the ball in a carriage. She waves mm-hmm. them goodbye. Cinderella goes back inside and she cries to herself. She's like, I didn't want to go to the ball anyway. Anyway. Yeah. Me. We have a small reprise of In My Own Little Corner. And then she has a moment where she wishes to go to the ball. She actually says, I wish to mm-hmm. go to the ball. And enter Whitney. Hark! <gasps> A surprise, Whitney Houston appears. (laughs) Oh my god. She's so fabulous and her dress is so golden. She announces herself that she is Cinderella's fairy godmother Mm -hmm. and she tells her not to dream, which is very confusing to Cinderella. And Cinderella's like, what? What are you talking about? It's really important to dream. And (laughs) the fairy godmother appears outside the kitchen window. Yeah. And they've had their first interaction and then she like goes around the corner and Cinderella goes She's like, outside. She's like, aren't you going to invite me in? Yeah. Fair Godmother fully ding-dong ditches Cinderella and just suddenly appears inside the <laughs> Oh, it's so funny. Um, uh, but so uh, Cinderella comes in and is like, oh, you're my fairy godmother. I've always dreamed that someone would come and take me out of this situation. And, and save me. She's like, listen, if you want out, you have to do it yourself. This is the problem with dreamers. They have all of these hopes and dreams, but they never act to make any of it happen. Yeah. Like the ability to make your dreams happen is within you already. Is within you. The you don't need help in your way from is me. You. Yeah. 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 And then we get the song impossible which like if you know a song from this movie it's this song if you know a song Uh, from cinderella there's probably a bunch but this specific cinderella iteration you probably know impossible and whitney houston's voice is unparalleled perfect incredible it's amazing so they start this song it's so good and she ends her refrain by saying impossible things are happening every day and cinderella's like well if they're happening to other people why can't they happen to me why can't i go to the ball and fairy godmother is like literally no one is stopping you and to which she replies i don't have transportation 
and fairy godmother <laughs> is like, that's fair. Let me help you with the transportation. <laughs> and oh my god, I love 1997 CGI. <gasps> 90s CGI is the perfect CGI. And it's this so film, we get a lot of it. We yes, get we a very 97 CGI. Silly. Pumpkin, pumpkin turning into a carriage and it's so clearly on a green screen like oh, there are so it's not touching the ground it is so, just it does not interact with the background in it any does way not. No. and it becomes like the pumpkin becomes a carriage and some mice become horses and, and footmen. footmen all right these I'm, men are t- these mice are turned into men who are there like then crouched on the ground with their hands up just like what just happened so i i had a thought where i was like how come some mice got to become humans and some had and to be some horses? horses? But I then know. according to the internet, it was rats who were turned into footmen and mice into horses. Oh. I did not Why did mice see, get the shaft? <laughs> I, I did not see any distinction between the mice and the rats nope. on screen. I was just like, those are all mice. But that's those what the internet mice. said. Okay. Um, and we trust the internet implicitly. <laughs> but I mean, maybe that's better than like, you know, some of you get to be full on humans and the others and some you, of you have to pull horse. this carriage. <laughs> you came to work. Manual tonight. labor. <laughs> so <laughs> she also turns Cinderella's brown rags into this beautiful gown and she looks gorgeous. Uh, complete with glass slippers. Glass slippers, of course. But Fairy Godmother reminds her you have to be back before the clock strikes 12. And Cinderella's like, a That's curfew? Bullshit. Why? <laughs> so she's like, magic ends at 12. So like, you can stay, but then you're, they're going to see you. Yeah. So she leaves into the carriage and sings the refrain the of reprise. impossible to it's possible. <laughs> it's adorable. And Fairy Godmother CGI flies alongside the oh, carriage for a while. So great. It is wild. <laughs> Just like her and hair is not moving. Her no. clothes are There's not like moving. Some light breeze, but nothing no. more. No, no, no. Um, and it ends with Whitney turning into fireworks. fireworks. I could not. It was so much. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Bursting into fireworks. She burst into fireworks, don't we all? Talk about um, making an exit. Okay. Truly. So we, we get to the castle. To the ball. We are mid. The prince is dancing. There is a ton of couples dancing on the dance floor. Everyone is in shades of blue and purple, mm-hmm. except for the prince who is in white. There yep. is a huge line of women up the stairs waiting to <laughs> dance with him. And Lionel keeps bringing the prince new like, girls. trading them out. Trading them out. And, and the prince will have, like, one girl for, like, five seconds. And he'll raise his hand kind of in like, a signal next. to Lionel. And Lionel will swap them out for a new girl. <laughs> Oh my god. Oh, it's so funny. So we see the queen and the king watching this whole thing. The queen's like, there's so many girls here. He is bound to fall in love. And if he doesn't, I will never end this ball. (laughs) (laughs) We see one one of the the stepsisters. I think it was Minerva. This is my giggle. This is my giggle, which is her yelling at the top of her lungs, I want a chance chance at him! At him! Not with him! At him! At him! Love me at him! Love me at him! We also see... Oh, it's so funny. Lionel steps away for a moment. (laughs) Stepmother Bernadette corners him and tries to flirt her way to getting her girls... Ugh. time with the prince like cutting the line or like some extra and, time like, with Lionel with Lionel yeah. and he is not feeling oh, it oh he shuts that down real quick she's like I know you feel something between us he's like I do wish there was something between us a, a continent, continent. <laughs> <laughs> but finally the stepsisters do get to dance with the prince and yeah. Minerva tries to recite poetry to him but she gets really she gets itchy scratching. and he's just like do you have an itch and she's like no no it's not she gets swapped out for the second stepsister, whose name is Calliope, and mm-hmm. she gets really nervous, so she awkwardly laughs and just can't and snorts stop. at nothing. <laughs> and the prince is like, I don't think anyone has ever found me funnier. Um. <laughs> Both are removed from yes. the dance And the prince floor. asks for the music to be sped up so that yeah. he can get through these girls faster. He's and just like, it's in just- and out like a round rock. Like it's a new girl every second. Poor Lionel. <laughs> What a fun number that must have oh, been. Oh, it must shoot. have been so much fun. 
Just then, outside, Cinderella arrives. The fairy godmother tells her, her not to be afraid. Carriage. In her pumpkin carriage. her pumpkin carriage. But then, okay, this is my question. We look at the clock. Maybe I read this wrong. It looks like it's 11.15. Does that it mean is. that this girl has 45 minutes yeah. to get this done? Like, she we has- thought Ariel had a short time with three days to get this prince to like her. This bitch got 45 Five minutes, minutes in and out. I wrote a one note. And done. I was just like, you've got, she, the fairy godmother's like, go on up. I got you to the ball. I got you 45 minutes, but <laughs> 45 minutes more than you had earlier. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? They then waste a solid like five minutes on a slow motion descent of her down the stairs. Oh my God. I fucking can't. So she arrives at the top of the stairs. The dancing is like at a fever pitch at this point. Mm-hmm. And she descends slowly and the prince is heart eyes all over Instant again. And they begin a beautiful waltz. Uh... And this is the first of the creepy king moments. Yeah. Because the king looks at her and is like, I don't know her. She's stunning. If only I were younger. Or and younger. the queen is like, then what? He's like, I'd be younger, period. <laughs> uh, the, I love this dance because they just kick everyone else off the dance floor. They just yeah, take up like, space. Make way. <laughs> yeah. But the king and queen are both enamored and they love to see how happy their son is. The stepsisters yeah. do not recognize Cinderella. But stepmother, but the stepmother she's like, you look familiar Familiar. same with the prince yeah they're trying to figure out and i'm like sir it has been 36 hours since you saw this woman and you do not recognize her wild listen men are bamboozled by makeup she has blue eyeshadow that's fair this is a new person the men find out we can shapeshift they're They're going going to tell tell the the church But they're so into each other and they start to sing my favorite song he starts to sing 10 minutes minutes ago ago. i fully gasped and swayed along with this oh yeah i sang along so beautiful and then we get Um, a big group dancing everyone joins and this feels not like movie musical choreography it feels like stage musical choreography there's like the two circles going in different directions there's the levels where some are dancing up on the balcony and some are dancing below it just felt like a stage musical Mm -hmm. for a second i was just like and then suddenly, where'd they go? The prince and Cinderella have disappeared off into the garden. Outside, and they're by themselves. Alone, unchaperoned. Unchaperoned. Watching Bridgerton. This is a big deal. <laughs> scandalous. It would have been scandalous if this wasn't a Disney film. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but they get a moment to themselves and they get to just yeah. talk to each other. Oh, wait, no, you're and skipping that's, the song. No, I'm not. I'm oh, not skipping sorry. the song because that takes us into a commercial blackout. <laughs> into a commercial break. <laughs> and then what we come back to is not Cinderella and the prince necessarily, but the stepsisters watching Cinderella Spy. and the prince. I had forgotten about this number. Fully. Oh my god! So when it started, I was just like, "Yes, yes." <laughs> this is the stepsisters' lament, which is oh. basically, "Why does guys always want pretty, lovely, nice women when they could have us? <laughs> Why wouldn't someone want a girl who's solid like solid! me?" <laughs> god, I loved this oh, number. The physical These comedy. Actresses... You know, they had the most fun, and they took up as much space as they could. And like the way we have established how big these characters were in the beginning of this film justifies mm-hmm. how big this number can be. If they had started oh, yeah. this film much more subtle, then this would have mm-hmm. felt very out of place. But this felt very normal and in the realm because yes. we had established their big personalities, the intensity. big physical comedy. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. It was so, so good. good. So good. I could rewatch this. Like, I could rewatch this scene. <laughs> Absolutely. The song ends. Cinderella and the prince go back inside. They've, like, mm-hmm. had their moment alone. And the king and the queen come over. They try to start talking to her. Meanwhile, stepmother is in the background trying to fight her way through the dance floor to get closer to Cinderella to, like, sneak a peek at her. Lionel's not even there yet. She's, like, going under people's arms and, like, stealing men to dance with to, like, get closer to Cinderella. (laughs) Then so Lionel comes up with the king and the queen. The queen dances, dances with, her son, with her son, and the king dances with Cinderella. And again, mm-hmm. some of the things the king says are a little creepy, but yeah. Cinderella is very aware that everyone is watching this. And also, she's dancing with the king. That's a big fucking deal. But this is also the point in the background where the stepmother is so close, but Lionel takes one for the team and steps in and dances with mm-hmm. Bernadette to like sweep her further away. Far from further them. away. 
Because yeah, Lionel doesn't great. know what this lady's doing, but she just... No, he, but he she's obviously know, insane. She's insane. The queen then intercepts Cinderella from the king, mm-hmm. and she kind of walks with her, and she goes, do we know your mother and father? We would love to meet them. Are they them. here? Yeah, and Cinderella's like, oh, no, they're not I've here. I've never lied before, and I am fully panicking, and she yeah. runs away. Yeah. My moment of joy is as Cinderella runs away, Lionel has kept <laughs> stepmother away from her. And once Cinderella escapes, Lionel fully hits the ground. Fully <laughs> no bones, exhausted <laughs> from having to keep stepmother away and from just, like bum rushing the king and queen and the prince. And then as the prince chases after Cinderella, he steps on Lionel. <laughs> I didn't see that. He's so- oh my god. <laughs> Oh my god, that's so funny. I didn't know that. Lionel like hits the deck, oh. Cinderella leaps over him, and as he starts to get like up again, steps. the prince just steps back up. Oh my god, that's so funny. I didn't see that. Oh boy. You what do we have on that moment of joy? That is hysterical. Okay, okay, okay so I know a great yes. Cinderella is actively escaping this ball. She yeah. was out in the garden before. She could have taken the road with least resistance instead she goes through the middle of the crowd and up the stairs like what there must have been a Lady, quicker way there's an easier there must exit be an emergency exit somewhere at this castle look for the exit signs um so anyway so she goes out into the garden and this fairy godmother is there and she's like i want to leave early ma'am you have been there for 20 minutes and fairy godmother is like don't give up just then our prince runs out and fairy godmother turns into magic dust and the prince apologizes for whatever his parents said he's like i don't know what they said but obviously you're upset and so i just want to apologize she's like you know what no it's not their fault it's like your family's so much better than mine but he tells her he's like look i'm really glad you came i almost didn't come to this stupid ball but i'm really (laughs) glad you came it's made the whole thing better for me he says that the ball's very uncomfortable for him because he feels like all of these women are like trying to rope him in and cinderella's like well someone here must be what you're looking for you want someone exciting and he's like yeah i guess and she's like sweet and he's like i don't know not too sweet and your faithful devoted servant he's like servants i have (laughs) i have servants i want someone that i can talk to and be myself and then he starts to wish and she's like listen don't wish most people never act on their wishes so he gets down on one (laughs) One knee knee. and i'm like sir he asks cinderella if she also thinks it's possible to just like know in your heart in your gut when you found the one and then he sings the song do I love you because you're beautiful? And she yes. sings it back to him. And these are valid questions to ask. Yeah. The gist of the, the main line is like, do I want you because you're wonderful or are you wonderful because I want you? Yeah, am I just imagining how perfect you are yeah. because yeah, yeah, of yeah, the yeah. day and, and how wonderful this evening is? Is this real or mm. is this just a product of this magical evening? <laughs> is uh, which is a valid thing. Or is I mean, it we've all had pheromones. those moments of like meeting someone and you're just like, woo, and then in the light of day, you're like, oh. But at the end, we get a big old kiss. Oh, they I know. Are. I was not anticipating the kiss. But it's a Disney kiss, so it's just lips. No, it's a Disney kiss, but I thought that it would be like a Disney kiss, one at the end, only when they're married, like sort of deal, mm. oh, which is not fair. Fair, 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 fair. Because they've decided like, yeah, you are. This is right. This is real. This is right. And, and then... then the bell tolls. Bong, bong, England <laughs> clock. The clock strikes midnight and Cinderella's mm-hmm. fight or flight response kicks into high kicks gear. In. Gotta go. Oh, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. This is when she runs through the entire ballroom. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't earlier. It's like you could have just gone around the outside of the castle, but no, gotta go back into the ballroom and up the stairs. And, well, she runs away and he's like, wait, I don't even know your name. That sounds like Silly a you himbo boy. Yeah. Um, so she <sighs> gets to the outside staircase where no one else is. And just then the magic starts to end. So her clothes turn back. We see the pumpkin turn back. And I'm like, where are the mice? <laughs> what happened to the rats? Those mice now live at the castle. They Honestly. now live at the castle. They're like, how did I get here <laughs> i think about that every time that i like every now and then i walk to work there's like i walk through a park and there's sometimes snails on the on the walkway <laughs> and like, i don't want you to get crushed so i pick them up and put them in the grass and i just imagine them being like where am i wow. <laughs> um i have 
a logistics question, which I realize I've come to the wrong place to be picky. (laughs) Yes. Okay. By the logic that we have established, Uh the magical logic, Uh as she runs down the the stairs, her gown turns back into her dress with her apron. She Uh realizes at the foot of the steps, she's missing a shoe. She has Uh one boot on her foot. It's a boot. It's a good old boot that she was wearing before it was turned into a glass slipper. But she's Uh like, no time to go back for the other shoe. Gotta keep running. Can't find that boot. But you know what's not on the steps of the palace? A boot! A boot! You know what is? A single glass slipper. So, I also have this question. (laughs) But also, by the logic, I'm saying that that would be like, at the end, when she put it back on, it would turn into a boot. (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine? I I want to do a movie in which that happens, where the magic is contact-based, so she's in the carriage, that's why it turns back, but the shoe is gone, so that's why it's still there, and then he puts it on and it morphs into a fucking workman steel-toed boot. Give it to me! (laughs) Okay. Shaky sweaters. We're looking for logic in the wrong place. But by what we have established, I know. It should still be a boot. I agree. Okay, so <laughs> cut back home. <laughs> we get we are home. Oh wait, I have one thing. The prince gets outside and finds the slipper and immediately gives up. She did not have that much of a head start. He could have <laughs> continued running and found her, but he's just like, oh, she's out of my eyesight. Does she exist? Object permanence. Like it was just <laughs> I mean, but also yeah. he's probably thinking. She took off in a carriage. Maybe. Because the carriage so is gone now. There's only a pumpkin. He's like, where's this fucking pumpkin from? Where like, did this pumpkin come from? Why are there rats? <laughs> maybe he's thinking like, oh yeah, she's off in her carriage. Like, I didn't see which way she went. She I, says, I can accept that yeah. option. But yeah. he fully gives up so quickly. Yeah, if he had just like looked down the road, he probably would have seen a g- girl like hobbling down the road. But yeah, to be fair, exactly. she doesn't look like Cinderella. She looks like a random girl in red. Yeah. Fair, fair, fair. Um, anyway, so the step-siblings and stepmom get home, and Cinderella lets them into the house, and she's like, oh, how was the ball? And they lie and say, we each danced with the prince for an hour. It was amazing. We knew everyone there except for this one princess, whatever. I didn't catch her name. Uh, they ask what Cinderella's been doing all night. And Cinderella says, I just dreamed of what it was like at the ball. And the stepsisters kind of laugh at her. They're like, there's no way you could even imagine what it was like unless you were there. And then Cinderella describes a dream, quote unquote, (laughs) of what the castle looks like. She was like, there were people dancing in this big ballroom with marble. Candles everywhere. Yeah. And they were like, how do you know that? Yeah. They all get a little bit suspicious. But to distract them. She sings the song, she sings A the Lovely song. Night. <laughs> she talks about what it must have been like to dance with the prince, where he swept you up in your arms and your feet didn't touch the ground. And the stepsisters are super entranced by this vision, and they all kind of dance together and sing mm-hmm. together. They have but like a suddenly, nice sister's moment. Yeah. Suddenly, right at the end of the song, Bernadette realizes somehow there's a moment where Cinderella bows and the stepmom is just like, oh, I, I think top of the head. <laughs> like <laughs> having had this realization, stepmother admonishes the daughters for dancing with Cinderella, like reminding them yeah. that, like she's just super lowly. And she crushes Cinderella's dreams by saying, like, it's preposterous. You're common through and through. You would never have the opportunity to dance at a ball or see the prince. Know your, your mother place. was common. You yeah. were common, too. Your father filled your head with stupid dreams that will never come true. And I'm like, hot damn. Yeah. That's rough. So Cinderella goes outside and she sort of prays to her father. She's like, I know I told you I would never leave, but I can't stay here anymore. I deserve They're- to be loved and Treat it better. better. If you saw how she's changed since your death, you would understand. Yeah, you would not hold it against me for leaving. And Cinderella sings a reprise of A Lovely Night to herself in the garden. She's like, I will always dream of this magical night. And then Whitney Whitney comes back. (laughs) Fairy godmother tells Cinderella, like, go tell the prince you love him. And Brandy's like, but my outfit's so bad. (laughs) (laughs) And Fairy Godmother's like, look, he's gonna love you. He already loves you despite your background. You never needed my help. The prince is gonna love you as you are. Believe in yourself. Yeah. 
cut to the castle. The king and the queen come out and tell the prince to eat something. And he is like, I can neither eat nor rest until I find her. What a himbo. He's also like clutching this shoe. It's great. I know, I know. And the queen Whoopi sings the reprise of queen Do Whoopi. I Love You Because You're Beautiful, but the lyrics mm-hmm. are changed. And he's she's asking him, like, do you genuinely love this girl that you just, like, do not know anything about? Or is it yeah. just like, was it the magic of the night? Yeah. And this is when I realized the king is Professor Callahan. Yeah. <laughs> All caps in my notes. I knew I recognized him. <laughs> And the prince says he loves her and he knows it. And so the king is like, then look for her and look as long as it takes. And they give him their blessing. And then Lionel comes in and my favorite moment happens. This is my ultimate moment of joy in which the prince hands him the glass slipper and is just like, this is her shoe. We need to get every lady in the kingdom to try it on. And Lionel is like, a shoe made out of who dances in glass shoes? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, our waiter. I love him so much. much. Then we get this crazy montage of Lionel and the prince trying to find the mystery girl. Just so many feet. There's literally a long tracking shot of just like different feet. Finally, we end at the The stepmother's house. Both sisters, (laughs) to their best, try to fit on the shoe, but they can't fit it on. And one of them is just like, you shrunk the shoe. (laughs) And at this point, stepmother sneakily... With her back to the kitchen door. Yeah, walks over to it and sneakily locks the door, locking Cinderella in the kitchen. Yes. And the shoes don't fit either of the stepsisters. And so Lionel's like, is there any other woman in the house? And stepmom is like, yep, me. (laughs) (laughs) And she tries on the shoe and it fucking fits but like barely <laughs> but like barely and lionel and, and the, the prince, prince are like super alarmed yeah he's like what he's that's like, not oh, no like we're looking for a young woman <laughs> um but suddenly stepmom starts yelling it's cutting off my circulation yeah, get it yeah, off yeah, me yeah. and they wrench it off her foot and so the prince is like is there no one else in the house and they're all like no. nope and they stand in front of the door and they have this walk, which is so funny because each because of them is only wearing only one, one shoe. And so it's like an up and down <laughs> kind of thing. Um, the prince calls their bluff. He's like, there's someone behind these doors and I order you to open them. And he opens the door. They unlock the doors and he goes in and the kitchen is empty. <gasps> And so he's like, oh, okay. And so he doesn't look anywhere else in the house, but he leaves (laughs) and goes to the front door and he sees Cinderella outside who's been startled by this very still carriage again and drops something. I think she's trying to run away. Is she? she, Okay. That's like a rucksack. And she's trying to run away and like take advantage of the fact that the stepmother is distracted, but the Mm -hmm. fucking carriage almost runs her over again. And And suddenly he makes the connection. He has a line that throws back. He's like, oh, you know, those freaking royals. I know, and they do the same dialogue from before. It's very cute. And they both realize that they're both the person from the ball and the person from the town square. So he puts the slipper on her foot and it fits perfectly and they do a big old kiss. Yeah. And then fairy godmother Whitney comes in to take (gasps) us home with the final song, There is Music in You. And she magics them both into wedding clothes. She's like, he didn't propose, but I am making this decision for you. Cinderella's (laughs) used to it. Can you imagine how alarming that was for the prince? (laughs) He's like, what just happened? He's that snail. (laughs) He is the snail. How did I get How here? How did I get here? They get into a carriage. They go through a town square. Everyone parade. got the memo and is like chasing them, like throwing bouquets. Um, <laughs> so the stepsisters get locked out of the wedding. And so we get the final wedding. There's direct to camera eye contact from our prince and Cinderella. Mm-hmm. And then it ends as all musicals should with a Whitney Houston riff. It yes. is. And she fabulous. flies into the sky. <laughs> Yeah, as all musicals fireworks. Should... <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! What a joy! What, what a, a delight. joy! Anna, you had never seen this. I never had. What did you think I of mean, this movie? It's not like I had never seen it because, like, I know the story of Cinderella. I mean, it's cultural, like, it's part of culture. Yeah, I haven't been living under a rock. I knew this movie existed. Existed. I just had never seen it. I'm very glad I got to see it now for this very silly podcast. <laughs> I laughed a lot. I loved the music. Oh, yeah. Everyone knew what movie they were in. 
Yeah, no, same thing. I had watched it once whenever I was much younger. I want to say that I was like seven or eight. Mm. So I have like bare memories of it, but like didn't remember, didn't remember Lionel at all. But like remembered Lionel the main feels stuff. like a gift for the adults watching. Honestly, doesn't he just? <laughs> And that's half the joy of watching films as an adult. Because yes. Disney films do such a good job of, obviously mm-hmm. they cater towards Throwing children, but jokes. they throw in things for the adults. Delightful. <laughs> should we do a little dramaturgy? Should we do some dramaturgy? I, okay, okay. The director-cinematographer duo. You need to do our song, Anna. Oh, oh gosh. I was so excited to talk about the director. I know. I know. It's time for a dramaturgy report. Dramaturgy report. Okay. The director of this film, film was Robert Iskov, who's a Canadian mm. film and TV director, TV producer, and choreographer. He started as a choreographer, and we've seen his work because he was the choreographer for Jesus Christ Superstar. Oh! Yeah! Throwback. Robert Iskov started out as a choreographer, moved into directing, and he went on to do a lot of TV movies, but also directed She's All That. <laughs> and then the cinematographer was Ralph Detlef Bode, German-born American cinematographer, best known for his Academy Award-nominated work, The Coal Miner's Daughter. He was also the cinematographer for Gypsy, the TV one with Bette uh-huh. Midler, Saturday Night Fever, yeah. Rocky, the Jessica Lange TV movie of A Streetcar Named Desire. Great. He filmed several TV adaptations of Broadway plays, and he got an Emmy nom for his work on The Wonderful World of Disney's Annie in 1999. Oh, yeah. He's credited not only with, like, the dance scenes in Saturday Night Fever, but also, like, the infamous, excuse me, famous scene from Rocky where Sylvester Stallone runs up the steps of the Philadelphia Museum of Art. Amazing. Uh, Oh, that's so cool. Right? Ah! All right. I'm going to talk a little bit about how this got made Mm -hmm. first and the screenplay aspect of it. And then I'll talk about the writer because there's a lot more about how this got made. So this is the third screen version of Rodgers and Hammerstein's Cinderella. So it was originally written exclusively for television for Julie Andrews. Mm -hmm. And that was aired in 1957. And then that telecast was remade in 1965, starring Leslie Ann Warren. And that was the one that I had seen. And that ran a lot from 65 to 72. They had the idea to remake Cinderella again as early as 1992, at which time the producers approached the estate of Rodgers and Hammerstein to like get the screen rights to the production. Now, this was inspired because of the CBS adaptation of the stage musical Gypsy, which was 1993, and that was starring Bette Midler. And it sort of revived the interest of this genre. So the day after Gypsy's original broadcast, Whitney Houston went to her agent and her agent then went to the producers saying, hi, we want to do something very similar where this was for Bette Midler, we want this one for Whitney Houston. Mm -hmm. And they were like, oh, okay, what about (laughs) Cinderella? Originally, Whitney Houston was supposed to be be Cinderella. Cinderella. Yeah. Now, originally, they were going to put this out really, really quickly. So it was going to be the 94, 95. But it kept getting delayed. And then Whitney Houston kept signing to other projects. And then eventually, Whitney Houston herself said, it's like, listen, I am now a wife. I am now a mother. It's been like five years since this original idea. I don't really feel like Cinderella anymore. I think if I played an ingenue at this point in my life, it would be a bit of a reach. But Whitney Houston herself chose Brandy, who was basically her mentee. Mm -hmm. And she says, like, this is going to be your Cinderella. Remember how it was me? Scratch that. It's her. You don't get a choice. Yeah. So the decision to use colorblind casting originated amongst the producers to reflect the evolution of society that had happened up to this point. And Brandy became the first black actress to portray Cinderella on screen. And they also made significant changes to the songs of the show in order to reflect that, because there's a lot of lyrics of like her skin as as white as a dove's or something Mm -hmm. like that. And so there were several lyrics that were changed to reflect that that still match with the tone of the entire production. 
So they went to the Rogers and Hammerstein estate and they talked to them about these changes that they wanted to make. And Mary Rogers and James Hammerstein were like, yeah, we think this is a great idea. As long as it remains true to the original feeling of the production, if you need to change lyrics to make it work, if you need to change certain things to make it work, we are all on board. Just let us know. So they called the modifications. They described the film as a total scrambled gene pool and one of the nicest fantasies I could ever imagine. And James also believes that the original Hammerstein would have approved the colorblind casting, claiming he would have asked, why did it take so long to yeah. do this? I love it. So the writer of the script is Robert L. Friedman. Now he is famous because he wrote A Gentleman's Guide to Love and Murder. <gasps> oh, I, I love know. that show. I know. <laughs> so that's who, that's who wrote this. Um, so he became involved with the project as early as 1993, and he had not written a musical before, but they were aware that this film could potentially be groundbreaking. And so they worked with the producers and collaborated on several new ideas for the remake, among them ensuring that Cinderella was defined by more than just falling in love. Mm -hmm. And so she had her own story arc and decisions and agency. And the Rogers and Hammerstein organization allowed these changes and allowed them an unusual amount of freedom to modify the script to make Cinderella more active. Mm -hmm. So that's how this got made. And then a couple of songs were added in. Falling in Love yeah. with Love is from a Rogers and Hart musical, The Boys from Syracuse. Yeah. And so that was added in to be sung by Bernadette. And then there's Music in You, which was written by Rogers and Hammerstein for the film Main Street to Broadway in 1953. And that was added in as the final number for Whitney so that she had a full solo song. Mm -hmm. So for the actors and casting, like I said, Whitney was originally supposed to be Cinderella. In terms of the evil stepmother, originally they wanted Bette Midler, which would have also oh. been amazing. But she declined the role. And a lot of people who were asked for this role were hesitant and didn't want to be seen as being mean to the first black Cinderella. So Bernadette Peters stepped in and accepted the role on the condition that while she would still be mean, she would like the role to be a little bit more comedic. So they added in so much to taper the role to from just Bernadette being, being evil. the comedian. Yeah. From just being evil to being a bit of a joke who does have these evil moments, but is still very comedic. Jason Alexander was cast oh. as Lionel, an entirely new character, not a part of the original script. Genius. He accepted the role, even though he was currently doing Seinfeld. Yeah. Yeah. But he did this because he wanted to earn the producer's favor because he wanted to be... Sweeney Todd. Yeah, so he what? wanted there was a potential idea of a film adaptation, sort of like Cinderella, of Sweeney Todd. And he wanted that. And so he did this as that. Now that fell through and it didn't go through, but oh can my you God. imagine Jason Alexander? No, no I as can't. Sweeney Todd. I, can't. I cannot. It's so wild. Anyway. Casting the prince was significantly time-consuming. They likened the search to the prince as the search with Cinderella's slipper. They like kept trying on the <laughs> slipper with different people and it just didn't work. So there were several people who auditioned for the role, including Wayne Brady, Antonio Sabato Jr., Mark Anthony, and Tay Diggs. Now, Tay Diggs was sort of the front runner because he was in Rent at the time. And so he was like really popular. But the final actor to audition for this film was Paolo Montalban, who was ultimately cast. He had been the understudy in Rodgers and Hammerstein's The King and I mm -hmm. at the time. And despite being late to the final day of auditions, <sighs> he impressed the producers with his singing voice. And Paolo said that he enjoyed this version of The Prince because he isn't just holding out for a pretty girl. He's looking for someone who will complete him as a person. And he finds all of that in Cinderella. Like, I love so, Paolo so much. <sighs> anyway, so those are my actors in casting. I love that. So, okay, a couple things. Reviews and reception. Whitney Houston originally hoped this would have a theatrical release, like it would come out in movie theaters. However, it premiered on November 2nd, 1997, during The Wonderful World of Disney on ABC. It broke so many records. It did so, so well. Like, in terms of just, like, the number of people that watched it in the first week, it also, the premiere coincided <laughs> with the launch of the official Rodgers and Hammerstein 
website, <gasps> which Ooh. streamed segments of the upcoming show on the website. But I like the fact it. that it coincided with like the launch of the, the premiere. Website. <laughs> this is 97. Think of what the internet was like I in know. 97. I do remember dial up. Thank you. So. It was very well received by audiences. However, critically, it kind of got some mixed reviews, mostly mm-hmm. just people who were critical of the songs that weren't in the original casting and the quote-unquote feminist approach compared to the 1957 and the 1965 versions. Uh, agreed. Yeah, yeah. Like some purist fans were less impressed with the more contemporary arrangements of some of the songs. But I, I, yeah, you're fine. Go watch the, go watch those older ones if you want that. They exist. Like we can't just keep making the same thing over and over again. Retweet, retweet. Evolution is natural. Anyway. Uh, But it was nominated for seven primetime Emmy Awards. Yeah. Did it win any? No. Oh. Um, Singing and dancing. Singing and dancing. I mean, I have like general thoughts but like i don't have any real gripes i'm glad that they gave no. bernadette a song <laughs> they, they could to. not have bernadette peters to. and not have her sing a song i'm glad they gave her a song i'm glad they gave whitney a full solo song to herself so we could get some more of her riffs because within the constraints of the cinderella songs there's only so much that you can do yeah. and so they gave her a song in which she could really make it her own which i loved I already said my one tiny gripe, which was the catch breaths yeah. in the middle. Catch breaths. I don't know if you heard catch that. Breath. Catch breath. Uh, catch breaths that Brandy sometimes took, but only in that first song. And that's just a personal me thing. I know that that's her personal style of singing. I thought her voice was lovely. Paolo could sing to me all day, every day. Like, there's a reason I was like oh. swaying along with 10 minutes ago. The dancing Dance was big in the streets dancing. Big in the streets it dancing. felt like stage choreography and not like film choreography which i love my moment of joy dancing wise is all the bakers in <gasps> the princess giving uh, a ball that whole song and then i just loved the big happy waltz where <sighs> everyone joined in with cinderella and the prince and like they went in different circles and different directions and there was like the levels up on the balconies and people were dancing mm-hmm. oh it was just so lovely i loved it yeah that's it do you have gripes no, I like everyone knew what movie they were in. Yeah, it all felt congruous. Uh-huh. Like all of the tones matched each other. I guess my gripe, and this is just because this was a 97 thing, I thought the king was a little oh, yeah. bit creepy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, that's literally just because. That's when this script was, was written. That's like, when this script was written. And yeah. so it was a little bit more acceptable. I'm speaking to you now from 2022, yeah. in which, like, an older man looking at his son's girlfriend saying, if only I were younger, is it's, not okay. It's creepy. It's creepy and yeah. we'll call it out. Yeah. Anyway, giggles, all of it. Giggles, Whole thing. All giggled throughout the whole My thing. My biggest giggle moment of joy is Jason Alexander being stepped on. <laughs> him him being shocked that anyone would wear a glass shoe. <laughs> Who wears glass shoes? <laughs> Yeah, honestly, Jason Alexander is my big giggle moment of joy. His addition, that character was a delight. Everything he did. He is our, you know, he's waiter all, son, he's goon all, rising, gangster moon. He's all of them all together. He's all three. <laughs> I don't think it is, but like, it would be such a joy if that role was written into the stage musical. Oh, I would love that. Sort of like how um, in Dreamgirls, Beyonce's yeah. song was written into future yeah. ones. Yeah, 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 yeah that yeah, would yeah, be great. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you have fun facts i have a single fun fact and i really hope you don't also have it so it's about the jewelry do you have that is that your own that's my only fun fact it's not my it's not my only fun fact but it is my favorite fact about this movie so please tell me so whoopi goldberg's (laughs) queen character was covered in rhinestones like her the jewelry that she wore in this film was exquisite And the costume department originally created fake jewelry for her character for the ballroom, for the wedding scene. However, Whoopi Goldberg said, no, 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 a queen should wear real jewelry and instead personally contacted Harry Winston to lend the production millions of dollars worth of jewels. She supplied the set with three armed guards to guard the jewels (laughs) when she was not wearing them, and they were all safely returned, and she wore approximately $60 million worth of jewelry. That's 1997. $60 I love it. It is my favorite fact. I love that she was presented with costume jewelry, and she was like, a queen would never. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I had two fun facts. The first one, 
is there were four different pairs of the famous glass slippers on set, three sizes for various characters, including Cinderella and Stepmother, who wore them, and then one pair that was actually made of glass. And Bernadette Peters revealed on a talk show that she actually broke one of the glass slippers when she decided to try it on. (laughs) Um, And then my last fun fact is just the prince's full name, which is very stupid and funny. So his full name is Prince Christopher Rupert Windermere Vladimir Carl Alexander Francois Reginald Lancelot Herman Gregory James. I love it. <laughs> oh my gosh. What a good note to end on. <laughs> uh, do you have any homework? Um, Watch this movie. That's my homework. I enjoyed it so much and I want you to enjoy it as well. Yes, I will say I will piggyback on that. And then I will also say... My other favorite Cinderella adaptation is Ever After. So if you want a Cinderella that has a lot more agency and power, watch Ever After. Wait, which one's Ever After? That's the Drew Barrymore one. I don't know if I've ever seen that. (gasps) Oh, it's I'm thinking of Ella Enchanted. No, that's different. Yeah. The Drew Barrymore one, it's great. There is no fairy godmother. Leonardo da Vinci is a character. (laughs) Yeah, it's great. She rescues the prince. She rescues herself. It's a good movie. Anna? Yeah? I think that's all she wrote. I think that's all she wrote. This has been a wonderful, A delight. Joyous delight after the last two films. Oh my god. Uh, uh, well, if you're right. still here, thank you so thank much you. for tuning in. This has been 5678, a movie musical podcast. I've been mm-hmm. Anna. I'm still Grace. And we're here every two weeks dropping hot takes and re- recaps. Oh man of movie musicals exactly nation we know it (laughs) nation we know it that's all she wrote it's literally all she wrote goodbye there's no business like show business like no business i know